So speaking of our pastors, I'm not that tall, six foot two or three, bronze, dark-haired man that normally stands up here on Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen. But our awesome pastors are, are, are having family time together, which uh, praise God for that. Amen. Uh, I've, I've said it so many times. It's such a blessing to me. It's, it's a blessing to work with such amazing pe- people. And I'm, I'm a people observer and just observing them and their love for God and, and uh, for the kingdom and for the cause. You know, they're, they're sold out. And uh, it's, just, it's just so good to run with them. Amen. Praise God. So just thank God for them. So I'll be preaching or teaching or doing something this morning to y'all. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to turn him loose and let him go. As I told him earlier, we're going to ride with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, just thank you so much for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. And uh, Father, I just yield myself to you, Holy Spirit. And, hmm. Praise the Lord. And uh, just thank you for hearing ears out there for hungry people, for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good, and he's good all the time. And uh, I love him. I know I'm not the only one here that does also. So we're going to jump right into the word of God because that's what we're going to be talking about this morning is the word of God. Um, The title of my message for you all that do titles or need titles is you have a part to play. You have a part to play. That's the name of the title. Okay? And it's concerning the Word of God. Someone that asked me this morning, say, what are, you, what are you preaching about this morning? I'm preaching about the Word. And he started laughing. They're like, no, I'm actually am. I'm preaching about the Word of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so we're going to jump right into the Word. But as I was preparing uh, this message, you know, the Lord dropped in my heart some statements and some experiences. And so I just want to talk about a few of those before we start turning scriptures because we're going to be turning quite a few scriptures this morning because we're talking about the word of God. And is it all right to just flip through scriptures, right? And talk about, the as we talk about the word of God, to break through and search the scriptures for ourselves. But I wanted to make some statements to you that I got as I was preparing. Being a doer of the word is not a physical movement or action first. Oftentimes when we think of being a doer of the word as the word of God states, we think of a physical movement or action. It is true. That is true. But it's not first. Being a doer of the word is first a heart decision based on the word of God. It's a heart decision based on the word of God. So before we move out here, whether it's laying on a hand, praying for people or whatever, we're doing that based on a heart decision from the word of God. So once again, we're going to be talking a lot about the word of God. That's how you're born again. We were born again by a heart decision. It goes back pretty much everything whether it's healing or finance, it goes back to a heart decision and most of us hearing the word of God. That's what Romans talks about. So we as children of God are to live in and walk out this victory that has already been provided. You you hear me? Now I'm just going to go through some things before we get going here, but just pay attention. 
We as children of God are to live in, live in daily and walk out this victory that has already been provided. So I've noticed through the years, oftentimes that people just do not have a hunger simply for the word of God. Just for the word of God. I'm not saying a lot of people. Just, I just noticed, not since I became a pastor here. I'm just saying over the years, just, just the hunger, just, just the word of God. It is precious. Um, w- when I first got born again and I began reading the word of God, uh, at times it would seem boring. Okay? It would seem easier to listen to messages like back then, you know, we had cassette tapes. Not eight tracks. I mean, I, ha- I remember eight tracks, but we didn't have it. My daddy had eight tracks. But on the messages, you know, you listen to cassette tapes. I, I found it easier to listen to that, listen to music, to read other books, which all that stuff is good. That's, that's, that's great, especially if it's, you know, based on the Word of God and biblically sound. I'm talking about spiritual type stuff for right now. Obviously, you have your employment and those, you know, your businesses and jobs or whatever. You need to read those things to better yourself for your career and all that. I'm just talking about things concerning the Word of God or stem from the Word of God. So I found it easier to, to read other books or to read, uh, 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 listen to messages and all those type of things from other people. So messages and sermons, all those things are fine. God put pastors and different ones in offices to teach and preach the word of God. And God has dealt with men and women to write great books. And I read great books. I've read great books. And I continue to read great books. But then I remember thinking that he gave me this word, the Bible, while I'm here on this earth. While you're here on this earth whether you're reading it from here or from your cell phone or from your pad. Once you die and go to heaven, this is useless. And I know some people say, oh, don't call it useless. No, it is. It's useless in heaven. You're with the word. Now, I, I, it takes me a little bit to catch on sometimes, but I can figure that one out. You know, so I made, I was like, you know, I'm down here and, and I was running around, which is nothing wrong with running, going to this convention and, you know, going to this concert and none of that stuff, but that shouldn't be primary. Pastor T is not your primary. Pastor Shannon is not your primary. This is your primary. Oh, it should be your primary. So, you know, don't to be hard on yourself because and condemn yourself or even as now it just, just seems boring or whatever but I notice even now sometimes because if your day's busy things are going on and a lot of a lot happening and then you sit down to read the word of God and you read a chapter and it's like what in the world did I just read what was that what did Paul say why because your mind is just so we have to intentionally take our mind and focus it, bring it back. Like even while you're sitting here today, you may be thinking about what you're going to do when you leave here. Just chill out for a moment and listen to the word of God, okay? Don't let your mind wander. Just, just bring it back. If it, just bring it back and just focus because we're going to talk about the word of God. Amen? 
So when we die, we don't need the word of God any longer. We're going to be with the word in heaven. Let's go ahead and start out with some scripture now, okay? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'll be reading primarily, I think, all the scriptures I gave them, if I gave them the correct ones. If they mess up, it's on T. It's not on them, y'all. It's on T. But uh, it's going to be from the King James Version. Most everybody should have that particular version. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm just a character. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and uh, let's start with verse number 16. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 16. It says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we were made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him, to Jesus, from heaven, the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came, say, from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now, this is Peter talking. And what Peter is talking about is when him, Jesus, uh, John, Peter, James, and John went with Jesus to the mount. And while they were up there, Moses, the law, and Elijah, prophets, which represents the prophets, appeared with them. And of course, Peter being Peter, after a while, said, hey, man, this is pretty cool. Why don't we build a tent for you and for, for, for Moses and Elijah and all that type? Because he just was nervous and he didn't know what to say. But that's when God spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Notice he didn't say hear Moses. He didn't say hear uh, Elijah. He didn't say hear them. He said hear him. Jesus. The word. Okay. So what's another name for Jesus? Man, y'all good. Y'all starting out good. All right. All right. Okay. We're moving. We're moving forward. All right. I'm going to help you out. All right. As we go. The word. But notice this. Peter, James, and John, and Jesus didn't go to heaven and appear before Elijah and Moses. They were down here on the earth. And Elijah and Moses appeared to them. Okay? So why am I saying that? Jesus, I mean, the Father God made that statement about hear ye him, the word on the earth. Why? Because Moses and Elijah, when they were here on the earth, they were the word at the time, the law and the prophets. God used them. So, but as we go on in this message today, and, and it's re-emphasizing it to most of you, the word, Jesus sent his word down here on this earth. And holy men of God wrote as they're moved by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. So it's important for us to notice that that scene happened on the earth. He didn't take them up in heaven and, to, and tell them that. It happened here on the earth. 
So, uh, with that change of heart, as I was telling you earlier, I had a change of heart. And it's like, you know what? This word is for here, down here. I don't need it when I go to heaven. So I decided years ago to put the word first as my primary book or message that I desire. It's like, you're going to sit down and reteach. You're going to read this word. You're going to study this word. And as I began to do that, I acquired a love for the word of God. Where it's not an effort so much anymore. But that doesn't just happen. So as much as possible, I read the word of God. And so it, it is important that as we read the word of God, that we read it out loud and in the first person. That's important. I mean, of course, if you're around people or whatever the case may be, you know, use, use wisdom, folks going to call you crazy. Some of y'all crazy anyway, like me. But it's, it's important that we read the word of God out so we can hear ourselves talking about the word to ourselves. So, you know, you're sitting there, read it out loud, and then if you're able to with that particular scripture, put it in the first person. Put yourself there. We're talking about some basic stuff this morning, but I remember uh, hearing a quote that, uh, that uh, Lombardi, you know, the Vince Lombardi, the great NFL football coach, and uh, he made, a, he made a several quotes, but at the beginning of a football season, he, he walked up to these grown men, and he had a football in his hand, and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. The basic, the fundamentals. And if we lose the basic, the fundamental of why we are here and what this word is for, we'll get off track. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the word of God. And it's all you need. Primarily is this. Okay? So, um, what I'm going to do this morning, I want to just simply teach or preach or do whatever the Bible and explain to us and show us how we have a part to play and how we can allow this word not just to impact our lives but other people's lives. So if you're born again, what I want you to notice, because it... Uh, it happens often, and like I say, I know I'm not speaking for myself. You know how you just, just once you do tune in to the Word of God, and man, you just get an excitement, something just, just triggers on the inside of you? You know, I, I've been, you read the Word of God sometimes, and you just hit one scripture, and the scripture could be talking about nothing that has to do with your life, per se. You know, whatever, Jesus wept. But the Holy Spirit will take that one word and illuminate our mind or my mind for a circumstance or a situation that I'm dealing with at the moment. And I was like, I didn't even know that was there. It was there the whole time. But I open the word and he, the Holy Spirit, illuminates my mind concerning the scripture. To apply it to my everyday life. Wow. This word is really alive. And we're going to find out how much alive it is as we continue to read this morning. 
Look at John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I think I'm going to start with verse number 12. John 16 verse 12. Uh, it says here, this is Jesus talking because it's red. <laughs> Amen. It says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear them now. How about when he, the Holy Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. For he, the Holy Spirit, shall show you things to come. He, the Holy Spirit, shall glorify me. Get this part. For he, the Holy Spirit, shall receive of mine. What's another name for Jesus? He shall receive of the word and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. So he's going to take of this word, the Holy Spirit, and show it unto you. So how many times have you actually been in a situation, good or bad, and the word of God or a scripture has risen up in your mind? That's simply what it is. It, don't complicate it. That's the Holy Spirit taking that word that you have in you, that you've renewed your mind with, and he's revealing it unto you to give you wisdom, direction, knowledge, present, concerning life right now. He'll take it because Jesus is in heaven. So what is happening? I don't, I don't know how it works. We were talking in prayer this morning, and, 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 and Jennifer had mentioned as we were praying, myself, Jennifer, and Norm, that, you know, it's amazing how God can be all th throughout the world at one time. You, you got this person praying over here, that person praying over there, and he's, he's answering and communicating. I'm not going to try to figure that out. All I know is that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is going to take from Jesus and speak to T currently, right now, here on this earth. So if he's going to take from the word to reveal it to me, isn't it important that I find out what's the, in this word? That's why the word of God says that we are to renew our minds, not our spirits. Your spirit can't be renewed. Your spirit is complete. Your mind needs to be renewed. To persuade your heart. So the Holy Spirit's going to take from Jesus the word and show it unto us. So if you played on a team like in sports, you know, I love to use analogies with sports because there's so much uh, lessons to be learned, especially in team sports. So if you're on a team and you have a playbook, it's important that you get familiar with the playbook. You know, whether it's football, soccer, volleyball, track, whatever, you know, the rules, the playbook. Because if you're not, you're just going to be doing some crazy stuff. Simple. Because you don't know the rules. You don't know the playbook. 
or even if you're on your job, you don't know policy, you don't know procedure, or whatever your profession is, if you don't read other books, you just don't know how to, what to do, how to do it, how to be successful, how to prosper. It's the book, it's the guideline. It's the book, it's the guideline. It's what to do, how to do it, when to do it. But the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you from here. I, I, I don't like compl uh, complicating things. I do do it sometimes, but I don't like it because it makes things more complicated. <laughs> so I try to keep it simple. So I relate that. It's like, man, when I play football, you know, I learn the plays. And so when coach said, I want you to run this play, because I studied the playbook, I knew what he was talking about. So when I get on the field of play, I can carry out the playbook. Because I know that I can't play my part if I don't know the playbook. I had a part to play on the football field. We have a part to play down here. What is that part to play? To get into this word, digest it, meditate on it, and go act it out. But if we don't know the playbook, it's difficult to do that. Now don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit has spoken to many. He's spoken to me scriptures that I don't know He'll lead you sometimes. You don't even know. You don't find out till later as you read the word of God. That Oh, man, that was actually in the word of God. You know, because your spirit, like I said, is complete. But he'll speak to us and he'll guide us that way oftentimes. But most of the times, it's through this word. So people in heaven, I, you know, I've heard stories. Uh, one of my friends recently uh, let me listen to uh, an audio or video of someone, who, God who died at the hospital went to heaven, and, um, and of course, he, he, he came back, but he had a he heavenly experience. And, um, but I've listened to other videos of people uh, who have went to heaven and came back, and one of the common things that they've said while in heaven, whether they've talked to Jesus or to an angel, oftentimes people communicate without speaking. In other words, they know what to do without being told like seeing a Jesus' mouth move or an angel. It's like they, they, in here, they need to go this way while they're in heaven. That's happening to you all right here on this earth. Jesus is not standing physically in front of you, but he's in you like this. So without you, Jesus, standing in front of you and saying, T, I, I want you to do thus and so and so and so, you, you just get something on the inside or a word to come up and you'll know what to do without actually hearing an audible voice or Jesus standing in front of you or even an angel. Don't complicate it. That's God speaking to you through his word. I, know, I remember a story that Brother Hagen shared where a couple actually went out to eat they sitting down at a restaurant as soon as they sat down you know they got their food and the husband said you know what we need to go home 
He didn't know why, but they, they needed to go home. They got back up, got into the car, started driving home, got within, you know, close to the home where they could see it, and the water heater blew up. And, of course, it caught the house on fire. But they were able to put it out before the house was destroyed. So what happened? The Holy Spirit took of Jesus and revealed it unto him. But he didn't have to be obedient to that. He could have just said, uh. But he took from Jesus and gave him a conviction, a stirring on the inside. He just, you know, the Holy Spirit, when he is speaking, it's a tug. It's a tug. It's not a condemning whatever. No, it's a tug. It just, just won't go away. And he's taken from Jesus and he's revealing it unto him. So he revealed that unto that man. So most of the direction that I've gotten, you know, throughout my life, through the years, especially in big decisions, have been while I was sitting and reading the word of God and meditate on the word. And purposely acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit with me while I was there. Because he's the ultimate teacher. And even even uh, coming here, you guys have heard my story how, you know, I, I was just sitting there at the kitchen table when the Lord, I wasn't even thinking about my job. And just, it just rose up. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? I'm your source. He didn't say leave your job, but I knew that's what he was meant. That's what he meant. It's time to go. And I got my computer, wrote up my resignation, and long story short, I resigned from the job without having a job set up. But he spoke. And my son said to me, Daddy, you're the breadwinner. Because I didn't have an income. I didn't pull my retirement. And I still don't have it. I don't get it until I turn 55. Because I took a penalty. But God spoke. But it takes. It, it, you know. That's why it's so. We, we, God is not holding back from us y'all. He's not keeping nothing back. He wants the best for you. He wants, he, wants, he wants everything for you that he's provided. He wants you to walk and live in, in, in freedom and joy and prosperity and all these things. But just, you know, it's not going to always be according to how we plan it. Because, you know, my coworkers were saying, dude, you, you're not pulling your retirement, so that means that you don't have any income after you leave here. But my wife, I mean, God is our witness. We did not skip a beat. And so, of course, I end up getting another job. And I'm working at that job. The pandemic happened. And so they said, don't come back to work right now. So I'm out of another job. Sitting back there at that same table once again, just reading the word. And be between all that, Pastor Shannon had said that he wanted to talk to me. And like I said, you've heard my testimony. I didn't know. All I knew was when I was sitting there reading, just from here, it came up. Whatever he asked, say yes. So I had a meeting with him. I come and went in this room right here, sat down. And, you know, Pastor Shannon just so smooth with that calming, velvety voice. And 
<laughs> and he's sitting there. And, and so we're talking, and, and uh, you know, just get to it. He asked about, he said, what, you know, about me coming on board. And I'm like, what? I didn't, it came from left field. I didn't have a clue. I never, ever, 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 ever have seen myself as a pastor. But I know that he's called me here for now. And guess what? Not only that, he's called your senior pastors here. He didn't bring them all the way from South Africa. They're here for now as the pastors of this church because they're supposed to be here. It's the will of God. So, but while I was just sitting there reading the word, these things happen. And it's happened time and time again. Not just sitting or, you know, just listening to the word, having my earbuds in or whatever. Just things that just, just rise up. And it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what he wants me to do. So getting quiet, hearing, especially if you're, you know, like if you're in a transition. I've noticed just from experience, like when I'm in a transition, it doesn't matter what type of transition it is things that are taking place in your life. Remember while you're in the transition, his word remains the same. You may be transitioning, whether the transition is good or bad, you're in a life situation, whether it's concerning uh, life, uh, relationships, your body, your finances, your family. If you're in a transition in any of those areas right now, just know that this word don't change. You're in transition, but this word isn't. So it's going to keep you anchored while you are physically moving or while life's happening. This right here is going to be the plumb line. It's going to hold you. This is what's going to hold you. So in your transition, God's not transitioning. He's the same. So stay with him. Stay with him. You're okay. You're all right. He's not moved. You're moving, but he's not. Stay with him. So don't wait for circumstances to change. Look at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And let's start with verse number uh, 22. I had mentioned this uh, when I was a preacher once a time before, but I wanted to bring this back up again because it, it goes with the message today. Verse number 22, Matthew chapter 14, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side. That's what he told them to do. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on top of the water. And when the disciples saw him, that they didn't know it was him, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, it's a ghost. 
and they cried out for fear. They didn't cry out for fear, like, fear, come on, come, come, come. No, they cried out because they were in fear. But straightway, say straightway, Jesus spoke. He's speaking in your storm. He's not holding back from you. He's speaking to you. He will speak to you in a storm, no matter how difficult or challenging it is. Even no matter how small it is, he's speaking. We just got to tune in and hear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. So they had a part to play. He said, Be. He didn't make them. He said, I'm going to make you not be afraid. I'm, I'm going to make you not be afraid. No, he didn't say I was going to make He said, You be of good cheer, and you be not afraid. Then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come unto the water. Once again, this is the part I want to bring out. Notice what Jesus did not do. He didn't calm the storm. He came walking to them on the storm. The waves, the wind. Peter said, if it's you in my storm, if it's you while I'm coming or going through this, if it's you while we're afraid, if it's you while I'm in pain, if it's you while my child's acting the fool, if it's you while I'm having difficulty on my job, if it's you with my family, bid me come. Notice what Jesus did not do. He did not calm the storm first. All he said was, come. He told Peter, come, while the storm was going on. He said, get out of the boat in the midst of the storm and come towards me. Get out of the boat in the midst of whatever storm you are in and go towards him. Because you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on in the storm. It's him who's with you in the storm. It's him who's with you that's in the storm. So Jesus didn't calm the storm. He just told him to come. So I encourage you, don't stop going towards him. He's always saying, come towards the word. Even if you messed up on purpose, even if you intentionally sinned. I've been there. I'm not that type of preacher. And neither is Shannon. When you mess up, go towards the word. He's always wanting to get you out of trouble if you're in trouble. And not only that, he's wanting to keep you out of trouble. Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The word of God is good. Just the word alone. It's amazing. And it's alive. Romans chapter 12, look at verse number one. And I share this with the youth. 
you know, uh, this particular verse often. I don't think there's a Wednesday, maybe every other Wednesday, I don't know, but I try to not go too often without just, just telling those guys and girls to just get into the Word of God. You know, as a teenager, you just train yourself to just get into the Word, to read the Word of God. I mean, they have the cell phones and different things, you know. You, you can take it pretty much anywhere. And just read the scripture. Every, every person, born again or not, desires this, these particular verses right here. Especially this latter part of verse number 2. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many want the perfect will of God? It's not hidden from us. This is it right here. Don't get caught up in the title. Don't get caught up in the profession. Don't get caught up in the even your as a, a husband, as a wife. Uh, as a grandparent, don't get caught up in the position. If you do, you're going to be running yourself like crazy because you're trying to do it based on the title, the position. But allow this, the word, as you renew your mind, help you to walk out a husband's life. Walk out a wife's life. Walk out your job responsibility. Walk out your title. Walk out your profession. It's not those things first. It's this in you, in that. Right here. That's how it works. And that's his perfect will. His perfect will is not the job. His perfect will is... Listen, it's not the husband's responsibility, the wife's responsibility, uh, the, you know, a parent. His perfect will is the renewing of your mind so you can walk out those things according to his will. That's, that's, it's amazing. In Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse number, uh, <laughs> somebody said it already. <laughs> Did you say 12? Man, see? That's why, see, man, that's why you shouldn't leave. You help me preach, brother. That's right. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. My man Dave knew where I was going. For the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's present. It's current. And I want to encourage you, even if you haven't been a person that have been into where you may be sitting there thinking, you know what? I feel so bad because I haven't read the word of God like I should. That's not God. Don't, don't, don't yield to that. Don't yield to that. Don't yield to that. That's not God condemning you. Don't condemn yourself. Don't let the devil condemn you. And the reason I said that, because the beginning of this verse says, no matter how old you are, no matter how much you say you haven't read the word of God, pick up the word of God, and it says it's, the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's present. It's right now. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
It's quick. It's alive. It's present. It's right now. Just like I said earlier, you read a scripture and it's like, what? Why? And it's like, man, it's for your situation. Yours right now. Right? It applies to me right now. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, my goodness. And there's so many billions of other people in the world that the Father has to take care of. And he spoke to me. You love me like that? He sent his word and healed you. So it will not do us to trust in the past. Let's move forward. When it comes to the power of momentum, the past will not do. You can't build momentum by thinking about your past, especially if it's bad. And all of us have a bad past. Even if it's good and whatever you did and whatever, it's, you can't build momentum thinking about the past. We must have an inflow of the life of God, quiet time, fellowship with him and his word. Look at James chapter 1. It's right there next to Hebrews. <laughs> James chapter 1. As y'all, you know, I've said many times, uh, math has not been my best subject. It wasn't my best subject in school, but I, I, I did pass. But one thing I did learn to do is count. And I have all my fingers and toes, so that helps. So I do know how to count. Does anybody else in here know how to count besides Pastor T? Yeah. James chapter 1. In verse number two, says, my brothers and my sisters. What's that next word? Whew. It says count. Now, I know I may be taking it a little bit out of context. That word count really means consider. But what I've noticed, that when I'm in a fickle, and I got this going on, 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 all this stuff going on. The word of God says, T, count it all joy when you fall in divers temptation to quit, to throw in the towel, because all this stuff is going on. So I look at it. I go, you, 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 and you. I count all y'all. You got to surrender to the finished work of Christ, and I refuse to yield to you. So it says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation to quit, to throw in the tower, knowing this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, which really pretty much is faith over an extended period of time. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Not lacking a thing, y'all. If any like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth liberty to all men or women and upbraideth not. And it shall be not held back. It shall be given unto him. So why did he put that verse behind Brethren, sisters, when you fall into divers' temptation to quit, to count it all joy, why did he put wisdom behind that? If you lack wisdom, because while you're in the midst of that temptation to quit, to throw in the towel, 
to call it. Say, this don't work. It's not working. He gives you wisdom. While you're in it, hallelujah, I get excited about that. Amen. He put, he put that, the Holy Spirit calls him, James, to put that there for a reason. After, he tells you to count it all joy. Wow. You're in divers' temptations. Count it all joy because I'm giving you wisdom to get out of it. It's available. Hallelujah. I know y'all can hear me and I'm shouting, but maybe we have to turn my mic off. Woo, my head is sweating, right? So notice God gives the wisdom afterwards. Nothing can surpass or is more beneficial for us as born-again children of God than sitting with this word and allowing the Holy Spirit to be our primary teacher. Look at John. Look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Look at verse number 39. It says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these... And they, the scriptures, are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. And he says, search the scriptures for yourself. Because in searching the scriptures, you think you know you have eternal life. You're in eternal life right now. Nothing's going to change when you die to go to heaven with your spirit. So, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I'm the youngest of six kids. And uh, I got two older sisters, three, three older brothers. And, you know, being the youngest, and all of my brothers are bigger than me. You know, you know one, one of them were about the same size. But either way, <clears throat> I'm saying all that to say, I used to run my mouth a lot when I was a kid. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> Man, I used to talk so much trash. And sometimes I still do. But, you know, I used to write, but why? Because I had big brothers. You know, and it's amazing because I go to middle school and they go, oh, you, you Dimp's little brother. Or you Keith's little brother. You Reggie's little brother. You, 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 you Eric, you Lewis's little brother. I get to high school, oh, that's not Dimp's boy. That's one of his little brother. And I would talk so much trash in the neighborhood or whatever at school to other kids because I knew who my big brothers were. <laughs> you know? But uh, I thought about this as I was, I was getting ready to read this next scripture here. Uh, when I was in elementary school, I was, I was talking trash one day to, uh, to this one kid on the bus, big boy. That was his nickname in the neighborhood. So I lived on the first, I mean, I didn't live on the first street. In our neighborhood off the street, it was, you know, first street, second street, third street, fourth street. And so the bus would come from our elementary school, of course, they would drop off on the first, second, in that order. I lived on the second street. That wasn't the name of the streets. That's just what we called them. Big boy lived on the third street. So here I am, like I always did, running my mouth. Talking trash to big boy. Bus driver stopped at the first street. That's not my bus stop. Bus driver stopped at the second street. I go to get up off the bus. Big boy gets up. Big boy live on the third street. So all the kids are like, oh, Taylor, big boy going to fight you. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, I'm talking. I get off the bus. Kids circle around us. Big boy and I fight. 
My brother's not there. <laughs> this is a true story. The second day, I'm not talking as much trash, but I'm running my mouth again. Bus driver stops at the first street. Bus driver stops at the second street. I go to get up off the bus. Big boy get off at the second bus stop. They go, oh, tell the big boy, going to whoop your behind. Oh, man, it's like I got to fight. Big boy and I fought again. The third day, y'all, I wasn't talking no trash. <laughs> I didn't say nothing, man. I didn't say nothing. The bus driver stops. Second street, bus driver stops. The second, I mean, first street, then the second street. I go to get up off the bus. And, you know, before we go, he's like, hey, Tanny, you, you, you and Big Boy going to fight again today? And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I got a whole, I was like, well, hey, if he wants to, I'm saying to myself, man, I don't want to fight Big Boy. <laughs> Big Boy get off of my bus stop again. <laughs> and we fought the third day. And uh, I would like to say I won at least one of those fights. <laughs> it's bad, you know, kids fighting, it's not good, but it happened. Why did I think about that while preparing this message, man? Raise your hand if you have a, a big brother. Now, I'm going to qualify most of you now. Raise your hand if you have a big brother named Jesus. Yeah. If you're born again, every hand should be up in the air. You have a big brother named Jesus. He's always there. He said, how can you call him big brother? Remember when Jesus was risen from the dead and he was there and, and Mary was there? And long story short, he told Mary to go tell the disciples, go and my brother and my brethren that he's going to meet them. And then the other uh, scripture is, uh, I think I have it written down here, is when, um, I think it's Matthew chapter 12. Yeah, that's when Jesus was there ministering, and he was there talking, and someone came to him and said, hey, your mother and your brothers are waiting for you outside. And what did Jesus say? Who are my mother and my brother and my sisters? He said, my mother and my brothers and my sisters are those who not only hear the word of God, but keep it. I'm here to tell you this morning, you have a big brother that when life try to slap you in the face, when life try to beat you down, you can talk trash to life itself, circumstances itself, the devil himself, and say, no, I have a big brother that has paid the price for me. And it's this one time you can talk as much trash as you want to it and everybody that's contrary to the word of God that's already been spoken. You have a big brother that's seated at the right hand of the father that's forever making intercession for you. He's praying for you. He's pleading for you. He's got the victory for you. So don't be afraid to talk back to your circumstances, to speak to your mountain because of what your brother's already done. 
Last scripture, I think it's Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, himself, himself, Jesus, having spoiled principalities and powers for you. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it for you. Jesus himself spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly and triumphing over them in it for you. His triumph is your triumph. His victory is your victory. His overcoming is your overcoming. His seated at the right hand of the Father is your seated at the right hand of the Father. You have eternal life, kingdom raising victory on the inside of you. You have a part to play. We have a part to play. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your ability in us not our ability in ourselves. Thank you for peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you that because we choose to make a hard decision to get into this word, to, to renew our minds and to persuade our heart to act on it, that we get results that's already been provided. That the things in the spirit be, will manifest themselves in the natural because it's already been taken care of. We choose to Play our part and act on this word. Get into this word to put your word first. No matter how young or how old. And you're not holding anything back from us. Hallelujah. Maybe you're, you're here this morning and, and you know what? You, you don't have eternal life on the inside of you. That's, that's, the, that's the first start, y'all. That's where it begins, what we talked about. It's not a hard decision. You haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Even if you're watching online, just, just repeat after me. Father, I accept you, your son, Jesus, as Lord. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart, Jesus as Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for taking me into the family. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, if you need prayer for anything, and maybe you just you know, said that prayer with us, you're born again, please 